big warm welcome to you. This is the Aware Parenting Podcast with Lael Stone and Marion Rose, PhD. We have juicy conversations about things that matter in parenting and life. We're exploring all that Aware Parenting has to offer from many different angles, and we are so glad that you're here. Welcome to the Aware Parenting Podcast and this episode is all about how to say no, particularly our willingness, um, how we teach our children around consent, saying no, but also our own boundaries around saying no. So I'm Lael Stone and I'm with the beautiful Marion Rose. And if you'd like to know more about us, you can check out our very first podcast, which is all about us and our stories and how we've come to be here. So this podcast, I feel, really is just where I have to shine the light on Marion because (laughs) she has taught me a lot about willingness and often when I even use the words I am willing, I feel like it's Marion I'm channeling because I really love, um, I love your take on willingness and what you have brought to this, particularly not only just in the parent-child dynamic but just within the sense of self. It's, It's amazing. So I would like to start by... Just asking you to share a little bit more of your beautiful wisdom around, you know, the cultural piece around willingness Mm. and that bigger picture piece around what willingness looks like and where that's come from. And often that that really strong imprint I think a lot of us have where we're all about, you know, keeping other people happy and doing what others want us to do and uh, not about, you know, where we sit and how that feels for us. Yes, thank you. And you know, I love you talked about sense of self. So for me, when I talk about will and willingness, it's so related to our sense of self. And I don't know about you, Leo, but as I've gone further along the journey and I'm so connected now to my my yeses and my noes, if I have a yes for something, I can feel it in my body. And if I have a no, I, I do too. And our yeses and noes are so related to our sense of self. And I think I'd really love to put that in at the beginning. As for the cultural piece, we've lived in thousands of years, Walter um, Wink called it the domination culture, 5,000 years actually of um, power over and coercion and punishments, which all are really about not listening to the other person's no. So that's in, if you think about it, in back in the olden days in, in Europe, for example, it would have been the king had the power, perhaps the pope above him, mm. the king the the noble men then the then the men then the women then the children then the animals mm. then the then the, uh, the earth and what happens around that is so many of us who are parents now grew up in really that paradigm still where we didn't get to say no did we it was like you you do what you're told um, you get punished if you if you have a no for something or as you've talked about in one of our prior podcasts we learn to be really nice and good so we learn to be compliant so we learn to ignore our own inner barometer and um, ignore our nose to be loved to be included all of those things but to really see for me that this is a cultural piece the thing that we're working with so when we're working with this individually I think the reason it's so hard is because it's been going on for thousands of years this is not an easy thing to to suddenly we just click our fingers and go oh I feel really comfortable with my nose and yes my really comfortable with my child's nose this is this is um big and important work isn't it cultural lineage work so yes mm-hmm. and I mean the first thing that comes up for me often when we talk about 
you know, if I said no to somebody mm-hmm. is, you know, that the straightaway, the next line is what will they think? You know, mm. am I letting them down? What would it mean if I say no? Because we are often just so indoctrinated when we're little of, of that piece around attachment that says I have to be really closely attached to this parental figure and in order to keep that attachment to survive I have to do what they want and so we learn pretty quickly that when we we want to say no or they're wanting us to do something and we're not wanting to do it we have to do it in order to stay attached to them so Mm. it becomes a, a really ingrained pattern in most humans I find just because of I guess you know, elements of that unconsciousness of the way we're raised, which of course is we're always doing what the best job we can. And I think it is where I see a lot of parents do struggle. How that turns up for them is when uh, they feel really resentful about doing a lot of stuff for their kids, particularly with a lot of attachment parents I've worked with who are all about meeting their child's needs. Mm. But often, you know, there's a part of them that isn't really willing to do all that. They haven't really got those boundaries of actually that doesn't serve me. And that's what I love about aware parenting so much is that it's about how do we all get our needs met. But a big part of that is the willingness for us to tune in with our own yes and no and yes. really honour that. Yes. And if we don't, often what happens is our children go, hey, mother, <laughs> let me tell you all about this little piece for you. And our children reflect that back. They so absolutely do. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, Marion, I would love you to say what happens with the, the parent-child dynamic when the parent isn't really willing to do something? How does that play out? Well, one of the things I often find is if we're if we're being incongruent, if we're if we're not willing but we say yes. So I call these um, I call talk about no yeses and yes nos. <laughs> That's actually a yes no because it's a yes but it's really a no. Um, we're often going to feel that in our body. We might do it but we feel resentful. We get burnt out. Um, I don't know whether you've ever done this in younger years, but uh, we may do the thing and then our child is you know upset or grumpy and then we may get angry and frustrated because we're actually you know we're really not listening to ourselves and actually to them um also children if they're not getting uh if they're not getting a congruent response from us so if we're saying yes but our body's communicating a no because as i was saying before we were talking about willingness being about a sense of self so it's not a we we can we can pretend but our body tells the truth. Mm. Our body tells our truth about yes. our willingness and our not willingness. So our children pick up our incongruences. And often, and I love how Letha talks about this, that they will then often, if children are repeatedly doing unenjoyable things, sometimes it can be simply because they are wanting a congruent response from us. And they keep mm. going, you know, mom or dad, they're saying yes, but gosh, I'm really not feeling that. So I'm just going to keep on working this out and asking or doing this thing over and over again mm. to actually get a congruent response. Mm. And I mean, I, I think too, it is so ingrained in, particularly I'll say as the mother, that we meet our children's needs all the time. And that is often at the detriment to ourselves, you know, so we become you know, the servant on some level where we don't actually put our needs in the picture at all and it becomes all about the child. And ultimately, as you say before, you know, it it moves us into feeling resentful, exhausted, burnt out, all those kind of things. And, you know, I, I know this really well from my own parenting journey because really for the first seven or eight years, it was all about trying to keep my children happy and doing what they needed or what I believed they needed or wanted. And there was no self-care. There was no boundaries whatsoever for myself. And yes. and I didn't enjoy being a mum because 
it always felt just this unfair balance, you know. And then I would become really angry at my husband because I, I look at him and think he's got choice and he's allowed to do what he wants, but all I'm doing is looking after the children. And and yet there was this really big kind of split because, but that's what a good mother does, mm. you know. That's what I should be doing. There was no other imprint anywhere around around those boundaries, and yes. and therefore it was a very very challenging. Um, dynamic to shift to learn to say no and I had to really look at for me personally when it came to having boundaries for myself or saying no you know what was the story around that Mm. that made that so tricky and for me it was definitely that good girl piece you Mm. know if I say no someone might not like me or maybe then my child won't love me or all those kind of big stories that many mothers have shared with me over the years I'm sure with you too around if I do say no it will mean this you know which is just that imprinted pattern that we took on when we were younger around what that looks like yeah yeah and I love you use the word um choice with your husband and should because so often these things you know when we're looking at the bigger picture we internalize those external the the coercion and the punishment and you have to do what I say and uh, you know even the most nicest ways even if it's rewards you know if you do that then you'll get this is that we then internalize those we internalize the shoulds and the have to's and and we do it to ourselves and that's why we often have that sense of I don't have choice because but it's actually us that's coercing ourselves into Mm. doing that stuff and the other thing I wanted to say is I think it can often lead to depression I'm not saying all depression is caused by this but I think if we're consistently telling ourselves I can't get my needs met and we're consistently experiencing that because we're giving everything to our Mm. apparently everything to our child because actually of course our children want us to get their needs Mm. met because they know they're going to pay if if um, we don't but um, what was I going where was I going there Tell me I, oh, I going. think just in that piece of what it can look like if we don't necessarily you know honor that for yes. ourselves and and I see that too the child reflects that back to us so when yeah. we are not setting those boundaries for ourselves you know it's very difficult to set the boundaries for the child yes. as well yeah. so I often find that that a lot of mums when we're talking about loving limits which is when we are setting a limit with our child and you know a lot of mums say to me you know I'm fine and I'm fine and it's all good and then next minute I'm just screaming right because yes. I've reached burn, boiling point and mm. and you know we'll, we'll trace that back a bit to going well if we had to set a loving limit earlier and yes. then they say but they don't listen you know or mm. well they're not listening to me or they they won't do it and Again, I always come, let's go back a step further than that. Uh, where are your own loving limits yes. for yourself? Yes. Where are your own boundaries? Because when we start to hold them for ourselves strongly, then it's so much easier to hold them strongly for our children. And they feel it. And this is what I love is that children need those boundaries. It actually makes them feel safe. When mum is standing there going really anchored, you know, it's a no, darling, yes. and this is how I feel, yes. they can push up against that and they might tell you how they feel about that no. But there is a sense of safety for the child when we actually do that because what they're wanting to feel is their parents saying, I've got you. I can stand in my sovereign self and and say no. That is actually what makes Mm. them feel safe. Whereas when we're really wish-washy and when we don't have that anchoredness, I think our children are, are constantly pushing for it they're yes. they're asking where are you in yes. this you know they want an anchored parent who can say no and can have these boundaries yes. and and i want to say within this it takes a lot of practice <laughs> because oh you know i have got really good strong no now and, and marry yes. you know we talk about this all the time of 
when I say yes to someone, it's because I'm really saying yes. And when I say no, I I mean that no. And and because I'm honoring myself, but it took a long time to get there for that to be solid because for those, you know, 40 years of imprinting that said, you know, please everybody else, Mm -hmm. um, that that's, that's a lot to undo. And, and I think every time we do it and every time we practice it, we get stronger and stronger and stronger at it where then it becomes a non-negotiable, which means this is what I need to do to honor me. This is my willingness for where I am in the world. And then that becomes a lot easier to bring that into your parenting as well. And then the beauty of that is then your children get to know what it feels like to feel that strong boundary. And then they are able to do that as well. You know, they're not having to reciprocate that saying yes to things they don't really necessarily want to do or being out there you know, in the world without honoring their sense of yes or no within it. Yeah. And again, I really love to come back to that body sense when I was talking about depression before, because our because our willingness is our life energy. If we're consistently saying yes when we when we have a no, that's why we get depleted because it's all about energy. If we if we're consistently saying I can't get my needs met, we're going to feel depressed because it's our life energy. And I really love in aware parenting. You know, I love how you talked about you know, saying no and how it helps our children feel safe. Um, so in aware parenting, we're not talking about just random no it's not no just for the sake of no it's no when it's a true no it's a no when our child asks to do something and actually either we're not you know it doesn't mean any for safety or they want us to do something for them and actually just not willing to and of course it's a bit different if it's a newborn baby or a, a small child who really can't do something they need but it's it's all about our life energy and when we stand in that strong uh, you know acquired over time mm. that we're talking about that no I really feel that in my body do you mm. have that and I yeah really, oh such 100%. a clear energetic thing that our children receive absolutely and and look you know in the not so much as you i'm glad you clarified that with babies or toddlers Mm. you know there is a lot of giving you know and sometimes when we don't want to just because they're little but as they kind of grow a bit older and and they're more verbal and you know from that kind of five six year old age group on you know if my children were asking something of me that they kind of really needed and if if there was a part of me that wasn't really willing to do it, but I knew that my child needed to mm. do it, I had to find a way that felt okay for me within that. Yes. So sometimes it would look like if my, my daughter was like, oh, can you take me to such and such's house? And I was like, oh, I don't really want to drive there. And But I would say, okay, well, I'm willing to do that for you, but I probably need you to exchange in some way. So can you fold the washing for me? Or mm. could you do this? Or... There was always, in for me, I felt like I needed, not all the time, but there was yes. a part of me that felt more willing if I had a, one of my needs met as yeah. well, or I could just say, yes, I can do that, but not for an hour, or yes. that's where I'm willing to do that. And my children were always so content with it. Yes. Like, there was never really any pushback, whereas you know if I wasn't really honoring where I was at you know I found again it got very blurry lines around what my kids would push or not or those kind of things whereas when I could be really honoring of myself and my needs within that then they were you know they would then go well what can I do for you or how could that look Mm. for you all those kind of things which would be beautiful because they were seeing that beautiful exchange yeah and I often think for parents of babies and younger children where it's really, you know, it's really a need that, you know, they're crying or something like that and, and they don't have the capacity to do that for themselves. And it's really an essential need mm-hmm. that even just giving ourselves a two seconds of empathy, like, oh, I really don't want to get up again or I really don't want to, to get them the, the seventh snack of the day or whatever the thing is, is first of all, a bit of self-empathy can make all the difference. Like, you know, I really hate you, sweetheart. You really don't want to do it. You're tired. or You just want to stay in bed or mm-hmm. whatever the thing is. And then 
um, with that bit of empathy, sometimes we can also then connect with our values. You know, what do I want my child to, to know? Or we can connect with our values to contribute to them. So sometimes that can shift from from doing it out of resentment and I have to because they're a baby or a toddler mm. to, well, I don't really want to, but actually I'm, I'm choosing to. I am actually willing to because this is in service of something that I really value in parenting. So sometimes you know we can do things like that when it's in babies and younger children. Mm, yeah. And, and, you know, another important piece, which, again, I love that you're bringing that in around what we're modelling is... I think it's so important to model to our children how to say no and to have a strong no. I mean, look, and if you've got toddlers, you know that they know how to say no, right? Because little people are very good at saying, no, I'm not putting my shoes on or no, I'm not getting in the car. But I'm talking... And I'd love to talk more about that mm. and that, and that how that links as well with teenagers. Mm. So I just wanted to yeah. put a little pin there. Okay, we'll come <laughs> back to that. But for me, I think what I see is that and I say probably more for females and for males, and this ties into a lot of my work of doing sexuality education in high schools, is that I see it a lot, particularly in teenage girls, they don't know how to say no. And, you know, one of the big things we talk about a lot is about consent and about Mm. boundaries. But if that hasn't been modelled to them and if they haven't had practice, because the big thing is about practising saying no, practising what that looks like, negotiating your boundaries and consent, it is a pretty tricky thing to just all of a sudden go at 14 or 15. No, I'm, I'm not into that because, mm. you know, when we have that modeling that just says you do stuff to please other people, I see it turn up a lot in those teenage years, particularly around sexuality. Mm. It can also be around drugs and kind of risk taking and all those kind of things. So my big passion is always about teaching our children to have healthy no and healthy boundary. Mm. And, and I've watched, you know, my children move through different phases of, you know, being really kind or doing something for one of their siblings but they didn't really want to and I can mm. see the look on their face mm. and often we'll, I'll say hang on hang on hang on tune into yourself is that really a yes or do you really know and and they'll go oh, I don't really want to and I go so honor that that mm. is a no for mm-hmm. you and then I'd say to their brother or sister you have to honor that they've just said no there yeah. you know can I help you in some other way within that but seeing it in the family and then really reiterating ah there's a really good teachable moment here of are you saying yes because you feel like you should or Mm. where does that sit within you so even you know great ways you can model that is that i could say to my son i really can i really want you to take the rubbish out Mm -hmm. and you know if he was like i don't really want to do it now or i've got that feeling i'd go when would you be willing to do it Mm. and he'd go oh in half an hour after i've done this i go Mm. awesome Mm. so that's an honoring of I would like you to do something. Could you do it for me? And not right now, but in time that there is some beautiful, again, negotiation of how that willingness would feel, you know, in in a family dynamic. But also for me, I think definitely teaching our young people about how to have a strong no. You know, so we in in my sexuality education and talking um, to kids about sex when we're talking to little ones about consent and boundaries and this is more around bodily autonomy Mm -hmm. we talk a lot about the different kind of no's so we talk about a playful no so we might be giggling and and playing and and you know that's really fun and 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 to even say to a child i can see that you're laughing and no and that's Mm -hmm. a really playful no or we might have a more assertive no when somebody's doing something you don't like it no stop it i don't like it and even then saying ah that was a really strong no i hear you yes Yes. you don't want me to do that 
or it could be an emergency no which is you know no you know there's danger there's something going on and really saying I can see the emergency no within you and well done for saying that Uh, and then we've also got the polite no you know no thank you or no I don't really want to do that you know so and and I believe that's a really great thing to teach your children and give them dialogue around because that from a just from a a purely bodily autonomy safety point of view you know we want to teach children to know that they can have a big no and that that will be heard and listened to because if they often and this is more of a you know from a lot of what the the research and data says is when children don't have the capacity to know how to say no they can often get into a lot of situations that aren't Mm. good particularly when they're younger and i think it is a constant thing around practice you know particularly for around consent and boundaries for when our teens get older, that they know that they have a strong no. Yes. You know, and, and, you know, one time I remember my middle daughter, who was often really quite a just very, very gentle, um, you know, young girl, and probably up until about the age of nine or ten, she was very gentle and, and, and probably was a bit of a pleaser still, even mm. with everything what we were doing. And I remember one day thinking, oh, she doesn't really have a fierce no in her. And as she moves into these teenage years, I want her to know that she can have a fierce no. Yes. So sometimes, you know, at dinner time, we'd practice yelling no really loudly and then we'd laugh and then, you know, we'd have times where she'd just start yelling no, you know, we'd all giggle and I'd go, that was a good no. Did that no come from your belly? And she's like, yeah. And now as a nearly 16-year-old, you know, she she often says, nobody messes with me, mm, mum. Like she has so got very good. strong boundaries yes. around what is okay and what is not. Yeah. And I really do believe that that's had a lot to do with practicing, yes. you know, those no's and honouring the no. Yes. But that firstly had to come from me yes. <laughs> honouring my own no, yes. which took a lot of practice to get there. But that is the more willing I am to really listen to myself and what is a yes and no for me and honour that. Again, that's what we're imprinting for our children and that's what we model and they say, yes, you know, that's what feels good, you know, because I sure um, did not have a mum that modelled a strong no. She was very much a a giver to everybody and everyone um, and didn't really have boundaries. And we often laugh about that now. She's like, oh, sorry, I didn't teach you very well around that. (laughs) So I had to really work hard to really cement that for me, you know, which I feel like I've found, like you, a good, strong sense in my body of this is no. Mm. Yeah. Love all the wisdom there. I bet everyone listening to go, oh, yes. I would love to add a couple of things. One about uh, children who are willful, in inverted commas. So that, uh, first of all, I'd love, and I'm going to add that in case I forget that. Mm. <laughs> the other thing is, um, I imagine some people might be sitting and listening and saying, well, what, you know, I have coerced my child, I haven't listened to their no. And what happens when there are times then that often in our culture that children do experience coercion and that might be at school, it might be by a bigger sibling, it may even be uh, at birth, maybe medical procedures and maybe going to the dentist. They may um, have experienced uh, powerlessness and coercion and they know not being heard. I think that's probably going to happen many times for most children would you yes would you agree? even if we aim to mm. give them choices and listen to mm. their noses you know especially when they're younger so i really want to say um for reassurance that children can heal from those experiences and one of the main ways they do that is through uh really expressing the outrage that they feel around that no not being heard so again it's that but it's a real body energy and that's one of the things that tantrums do so if 
you know, perhaps you're off to the airport and you're trying to get your child into the car seat and you've tried all the usual things. And, you know, if you're familiar with aware parenting, you might have given them choices and done attachment play and listened to their feelings and they're still not willing to get, get in. And maybe you have coerced them in there. The important thing that that makes all the difference is actually being willing to listen to their feelings around that, hearing the outrage. You really didn't want to do that. I so hear you. I hear how frustrated you are. And the more capacity we have, again, it comes from our own inner listening, the more capacity we have to listen to our own frustration, our own outrage, all the times our no wasn't heard and honoured, the more we can sit and be present with them and help them release all that accumulated energy, which otherwise often shows up as children actually not being willing to cooperate. So that's often, I find, one of the main causes if you have a child who's, um, and that's how we move into talking about willfulness as well, if a child's um, not actually seeming free to say yes as well as no, but they're always saying no, and often they're labelled willful, and to me that isn't actually a, a sign of, you know, a really free-flowing will that they can say no, and yes, it's actually, they, it's kind of stuck on no. And we can help children by listening to their outrage, listening to their tantrums, listening to all the frustration of the times where that no wasn't heard so that they can relax back into saying no when it's a no and yes when it's a yes. So I really want to yeah, re remind you and, and send love for the times that you may have moved into using power over coercion, which most of us will do because we grew up in that paradigm and we're, our own big feelings come up, but that we can help our children. We can repair those mm. experiences. Mm. And and um, what about the piece around kind of the two-year-olds yes, and the so teenagers? Yes, let's yeah, tell me tell me more about that. <laughs> well, um, I often think about it. I'd love to hear your take on it, Lowell, is that around about two is that or to the toddlers is that next step of individuation. So, is a, a stronger sense of I. It's a stronger sense of ah, you know, I like this, I don't like this. I think babies have this too. You know. The, the more attuned we are to them and the more, you know, if they if they need something and we can respond aptly, they get that sense of agency. They get that sense of, um, you know, when I when I ask for something or I say no, you know, even a baby can, if they're turning their head away when we're feeding them and, you know, they clearly do communicate their no's, but it comes out um, more strongly when they're in that toddler and two-year-old thing because they're really entering that next stage of individuation of a separate sense of self, of this is what I want, this is what I don't want. And often it can be a really challenging time. For parents, often, again, all our own hurts around this will show up, won't they? And I'd love to hear your mm. take on what happens at teenagers and how that's mm. similar. Yeah, so exactly similar. I see that around about the 12-year-old, you know, <laughs> mark of of 12 to 13, where they're actually, there's a little bit more freedom and they also are they're actually needing to separate to go well who am i apart from you you know and these are all the values you've given me and this is how our family looks but i actually need to try and what that would be like if i wasn't part of that and this is actually such an important part of development because you know i think from and you know i often talk about this in my teenage workshops around what's happening in the brain the brain is trying to develop and the brain is actually saying i need to find um a mate out there in the world or I need to go out there and, and find someone that I am then going to create my own family with even as they start to go through puberty and in order for me to do that I actually have to step back from my family and see what else is out there so they're part of their saying no or their you know their willfulness that we sometimes see around the teenage years is so beautiful because they're separating a little bit from us and saying 
who am I in the world without you now? And, you know, it can be very similar to having a two-year-old, except they've got much better vocabulary (laughs) and they can say what they think. And, you know, again, the way to navigate that is really similar to what you do with a two-year-old, is to listen, is to, I hear you, that feels really hard. I see that you want to do that. And, you know, 12-year-olds need the exact same boundaries as two-year-olds do around, I'm not willing to let you do that, darling. I'm not willing to let you catch the bus into the city on your own just yet you know so but i'm willing for you to do this you know and and even though they might push up against those boundaries again if there's some feelings there or stuff going on then you know the job is to allow that to come out so they can really listen to that so it's really similar it just looks a little bit different within it and and you know the boundary piece they may not be lying on the floor banging their mm, they feet, could be they could possibly be <laughs> i haven't seen that they could be the door slammed a few times um i think the thing i i really um, love about all this, particularly around if we're looking in more into those teenagers about the willingness and the boundaries, is that that's where teenagers really need boundaries as well. It's really important for them, even if they're going to push up against you know what we're saying they need to know that their parents they're really strongly holding them saying i am i'm going to set some limits around this for you even though you're giving me all the justifiable reasons why everybody else is doing it and while all your school friends say this those kind of things you know you're allowed to actually hold your what what feels okay for you and your children actually do need that still it really is that beautiful balance it's the balance of the freedom and letting them go but also Mm. letting them know that you're really holding them and i've found actually in the past particularly with teenagers that um with my teens they'll sometimes ask for something a little bit outrageous or something that really is pushing a bit of an edge just to check that we're still going to be holding for them just to check that there's still a a strong no there just to check that there's a strong boundary and you can almost see their bodies go thank you you know yes do you know i was going to ask if you've got an example because i love the stories yeah yeah. i do have an example um actually my daughter uh um just this last new year she was going away with some people and um and we'd said to her, you know, she's nearly 16, but we're like, darling, you know, it's we don't want you to drink alcohol. It's, it's not really great for teenagers. And we'd had heaps and heaps of candid conversations about it. And she's like, yeah, 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 no, I won't, I won't. And, and so we're like, you know, we want you to go and have fun, but just stay safe and check in with yourself and your friends and all that kind of stuff. And so on New Year's Eve, I got a text saying, um, I'm with one of the mums here and some of the other boys have come and the mum says it's okay for us to have a drink if we get all the parents' approval. So she texted me that message and she said, and then underneath, it was but I also totally understand if that's not okay because I know we've had that conversation and I just thought I'd ask so I'm just so and really I I read the message my husband we both kind of giggled because there was this part that's like I'm gonna ask because that's what everyone else is doing but I actually really hope you say no because I don't feel comfortable doing with it and I just wrote back and said oh sweetie it's a it's a strong no for us because you know I, I don't think that's what you need now and there's plenty of time to do that later and and she wrote back and she went oh yeah I thought you'd say that and that's totally fine and then when I checked in with her two days later she was like I said were you kind of hoping I'd say no and she said yeah and I said yeah wow so how wasn't she said well nobody ended up doing it in the end but people were talking about it and it just felt like a pressure and I didn't feel ready for it anyway and and I know I could have said no but it was easier that you said no for me and I was like yeah totally so I could you know there's quite there's been quite a few examples of similar things like that where you can kind of just feel that maybe that no is what they're needing as they're practicing because it takes a lot of practice, mm, a, lot of practice a lot of practice for kids and for us yeah. as well. 
And you know, what I love. I feel so touched sharing that story because you know, if you compare that to perhaps a more authoritarian style of parenting, if you've been often saying no, so the difference with authoritarian parenting is there is a lot of no's, mm. but without really, it's not necessarily listening in from the adult. It's mm. simply a lot of no's and and are not listening to the feelings generally around that, the frustration mm. or the mm. hurt. And what happens often then is then uh, as teens is that they they don't be coming and say, sending texts to say oh they would just be drinking <laughs> there'd be no text message you'd be listening yeah. to your nose if yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah totally yes absolutely because that's the other side of it isn't it when there is only no yes. you know then the child doesn't feel heard at all so yes. often their behaviour becomes really hidden it can become very sneaky they get really good at lying yes. you know and and there isn't that connection and and open communication around it. Yes. You know, so it's multi-layered. Yeah. Mm. So although we're talking about no's, we're actually talking about yeses and no's. I just mm. think it because in our culture, we we either have generally it's either a, a harsh no mm. or a or an absence of a no. Yes. In our culture, there isn't often that staying connected with a no. Mm. Which again, which is why I love aware mm. parenting and loving limits that we can mm. say no in really loving, compassionate mm. ways. Mm. And often, the you know, when our children are doing, oh, have we done a podcast on loving mm. limits? Are we doing one? Mm. I can't I remember. Did we yeah, do one? one. But, yeah. you know, loving limits is, you know, an example of this. If a child's acting um, ways that really tell us they've got a lot of upset feelings happening, if we were more in a more authoritarian style of parenting, we might kind of say no, but not listen to the feelings. We may, um, there may be judgments or you know it's a not okay type of a thing and if it's more of a permissive parenting there'll be a like we're just letting it happen the child's hitting mm-hmm. another child and you just turn a blind eye but with aware parenting we can say a really clear I am not willing for you to do that sweetheart and mm-hmm. I am right here and I'm listening and to me it's that the that combination of a clear no with a as I say it's a no for the behavior but a big yes for the feelings it mm-hmm. combines that the love uh, the love and the no that those can be one of the most loving things that we can oh, absolutely yes. do. And they're so gorgeous, aren't they? Yes. So gorgeous. Totally, totally. And I want to add that other piece too of as we're teaching our children about the no as we move into the teenage years. And one of the things I really often talk about in high schools to kids is, and this is more around sex or, you know, being sexually active, is, you know, knowing when we're ready or when it feels okay. And, and I say to the kids, you know, if it's a maybe, if you're sitting there going, oh, maybe I should do this, I don't know, then it's a no until it's a full body yes, particularly when it comes to anything remotely intimate or sexual. You want all parts of you to be going, yes, this is what I want to do. So with teenagers, what I often teach or talk about is particularly when it comes to something sexual um is all parts of you saying yes so i talk about that we have a few brains in our bodies we've got the brain in our head we've got our heart we've got our intuition or our gut and also our genitals which you know i think has a brain in it as well and all of them have to line up and say yes this is what i want to do when we're we've got the opportunity to be intimate or sexual with someone because if you're just a bit turned on and and you know you're your genitals are like, oh, God, I really want to do this. But your head's thinking, you know what, probably not a good idea for me to kiss my best friend's boyfriend. <laughs> then that's that's not a yes. That's not a full body yes. All mm-hmm. parts of us have to feel yes. Mm-hmm. All parts of us have to feel safe for what we're wanting to do so that we are really tuning into trusting our whole bodies and, and that full willingness to say yes. And 
and you know I get the kids to repeat this all the time in school if it's a maybe it's a no and do it's a yes it's, <laughs> and and my daughter and her friend some of the schools I've worked at have said to me you know we go around and we chant that you know and I was like brilliant because you have to practice it again and again and again and again for it to become really cemented and and I think I'm very passionate about this because I'm passionate about teaching parents to be able to teach this to their children mm. from a really young age around consent and boundaries, but also, you know, about their what what feels a big yes for them. And, and of course, that comes back to us modelling that as well. Mm. Where is your yes in your world? You know, and, and look, this is a big loaded thing. So you might be sitting there going, oh, God, there's no yes right now. So I always like to say, so let's move gently into... Where are you perhaps saying yes at the moment when you should be saying no? You know, and and that often is going to play out with our kids. You know, we see that in their behaviour, but also around how much joy we're feeling in our lives because of you know we're saying yes when really we should be saying no. So it's a huge fundamental piece I find about just leading a life that feels really good and empowered. You know, this this willingness piece is huge. It's really yes. huge. Yeah. Mm. You used the word should a little bit earlier on, and I think often that can be a sign, not so much when you're saying later on, but often for ourselves as as parents, when we're when we're actually when we kind of feel a no, well we do, we feel a no in our body, but we say, well I should really do that, or mm. I should say I should uh, if I'm a good friend or a good parent, even saying you know I'm if I'm a good parent I should do this, mm. that actually if we're shooting ourselves about something probably means it's a no as well, so mm. that can be a really helpful thing because that's that internalized coercion, that's mm. how we learnt, we got coerced, we learnt to coerce ourselves, so. You know, we're both so passionate about this, aren't we, that mm. that will and willingness and our yeses and our noes are just one of the most foundational pieces because they are related to our sense of self. If the more we are we reconnect and relearn this, and I think that's one of the gifts I've learned from, from being a mother, is the more we we release those fears that we acquired growing up, like, no, actually I'm not going to be punished now as an adult if I say no. I am not going to be outcast. Mm. I am because I am claiming this for myself. I'm going to love myself in saying no. And the more we can give that to our children, it, it's actually deeply connected to our sense of self. So we stay deeply connected with ourselves. Mm. We, we reconnect more with ourselves and they stay deeply connected with themselves. Mm. Yes, it's so big. Oh, the willingness big is so big. And one of the things I've learned from you so much, Marion, is around... Am I willing to have something yes, in my life, yes, which is another beautiful yes. big piece of, you know, when I'm wanting something or yes. I'm wanting a job, um, you know, wanting something to happen with my work or I'm wanting something to happen with my children or yes. whatever, that statement of am I willing to actually have this? Yes. And sometimes it'll be like, yeah, <laughs> which is not as strong, yes. And then other times it's a yes, you know, this is what I'm really willing to have then often the energy around it really shifts yes. so you can actually move towards what you're wanting. So the word willing is, is a big, you know, it's a big, powerful word, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I'd love to add to that as well. The, when we help our children be able to say both no and yes, is they also have that capacity to say yes to what mm. they really love. And when we support them in that and encourage them to do what they love and have what they love, that really affects the whole trajectory of their life because life responds to our willingness. So if they're like, I really want to be an artist and we're like, we, we support them that rather than going, well, actually, I'm still scared. I want you to be a doctor. We go, OK, what can I do to support you in being an artist and make a living? Then life supports them in that. Our willingness yes. is our life energy. It is it's it's our willingness 
is what other people pick up on. It's mm. what life picks up on. Life responds to our willingness, not what we want or what we think we should do or any of those things. So it's it's such great stuff. It <laughs> so is. Uh, I just want to say, I, I so have seen that with my son, oh, who's almost yes, 19, of his absolute... Um, knowing of what lights him up and what's a yes for him and I think we knew from a young age you know he used to go to school and come home and go tell me again what the point of this actually is right (laughs) because he was he was always from a young age I want to go out in the world I want to earn money I want to go and work I want to do those things and we had to really navigate how we could get through kind of those schooling years for him to find Mm -hmm. that but we always kept saying to him, we know you will do whatever it is that you love. We support you to do and be whoever you want to be. There is absolutely no conditions or pressure from us to be anything but you. And I've watched him just bring in the most incredible magic in his life because he's so willing to do what he wants to do that mm. feels good for him. And he's very clear on when that doesn't resonate or doesn't feel good for him. Mm. And I see the amount of ease that's turned up in his life because of that you know there's not this should I be doing this or should I be doing that there's just a knowing I'm doing this because that's what I want to do and then he gets these amazing jobs and he is earning lots of money and it just is it's it's really amazing to watch like I think wow he's really teaching me about the following what feels good you know and and knowing and I think even more than that it's that he's got such a strong sense of knowing what feels good for him and who he is that then he just expects that turns up and it does so it's pretty amazing Mm. so really although we started off talking about no it's not just about no it's about no and it's about yes and actually really what it's about is about deeply listening to our children in ways that help them stay deeply connected with themselves what they love what they don't love in any moment so that they can go out into the world and be that and live that such an amazing thing Mm. so good so good so our um, suggestion or invitation for you at the end of this podcast is, you know, we invite you to choose a no for yourself. So perhaps, and a yes for yourself, but, you know, I think just taking a look at where there's something in your life where you actually really do want to say no. And what would that look like for you to say no in honouring yourself? I know that can be terrifying, but I always say just try just little steps of your first saying no. You know, if someone at school is saying to you, can you make cupcakes for the school store? And really you don't have time to make cupcakes, but usually you'd say yes because you think you should. What would it be like to say, I'm sorry, I can't do that. It's a no for me. And then just walk away. Could be the greatest part of your day anyway. But also your yes. What is a big yes for you? And tuning into that willingness you know, so just and, and having awareness, notice the times when you say yes, when you really mean no, and perhaps even the other way around when you say no, when actually you really mean yes, mm-hmm. which could to be which could be to all sorts of things like receiving and <laughs> a break and all that kind of good stuff. So it goes mm-hmm. both ways. It's mm-hmm. totally both ways. Yeah. I would love to suggest as well, if, if you have a friend that you think might be willing to do this with you as well, because it can be great to practice it with a friend. I remember I had that, first of all, where we'd actually say you know, if we got together and one of us was a bit tired, we'd say, you know, we're now really comfortable if one of us needs to have a rest or just go and lie down. But having, if you have a friend where you could practice saying, oh, actually, I know we arranged to go out today, but I'm really tired. Or I know we said we're going to go to the park. I really don't want to go outside. I want to go. Um, I'd love for us to go somewhere else. So you actually practice it with a friend who, who knows what you're doing, who's going to be doing the same. So you're supporting each other in your yeses mm. and noes, and you know you're going to just love each other mm. anyway. Yes, that's a good imprint, isn't it? It's a safe way to start sometimes. Yes. 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 
And as always, our beautiful recommendations for um, for for furthering your inquiry around this. Well, I have to say, Marion is the willingness <laughs> queen. So, Marion has a beautiful course. What's your course called? Um, the Wonder of Willingness. The, the Wonder of Willingness. So that's a beautiful online course. And she also has a book as well, which is it's, it's an e-book, isn't it? Yeah. Are you willing? Oh yeah, I've read that. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, <thank you>. Um, <laughs> so go and check out those. They're on Marion's site, um, MarionRose.net. So those are there. They're they're really amazing resources to delve deeper into this piece around willingness and knowing. So. And your so, and yours around uh, talking to kids around sex around oh, consent. Yes, yeah, yeah. So we're going to talk more about this in another podcast. But if you would like to have more information, particularly around what we should be talking to our kids about from consent boundaries and um, their bodies and sexuality and stuff. Um, yes, how to talk to your kids about sex is one of my webinars that you can find on my Facebook page, um, which is yeah a great introduction into all the conversations that you can have with your children to help them stay safe and have positive experiences in their world. So thank you again for listening. It's always a pleasure to delve into these conversations. Mm, yeah. So much love to you. Thanks for joining us on the Aware Parenting Journey. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Aware Parenting Podcast. You can find more about Lael at www.laelstone.com.au or find Marion at www.marionrose.net. We wish you much compassion and grace on your parenting journey.